Welcome to STEM Four's podcast, Understanding Teen Minds, where we explore the world of teenage mental health, looking at everything from signs and symptoms to early intervention. STEM Four is a charity that promotes positive mental health in teenagers and those who support them. This includes their families and carers, education professionals, as well as school nurses and GPs. STEM Four's mission is to foster the development of good mental health in teenagers by enhancing early understanding and awareness, and providing mental health education and resilience strategies. Join us as we open up the conversation on young people's mental health. Hello, and welcome to STEM Four Podcasts. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Dr. Nahara Krause, and I'm the CEO and founder of STEM4, a teenage mental health charity based in London. I'm also a consultant clinical psychologist with many years of experience in a variety of mental health settings and a passion for improving the mental health of our young people. So we're going to talk today about resilience. Now, it's a much used word but not always something that we truly understand. So I hope for the next few minutes, we'd be able to try and clarify the concept of resilience. So resilience in a psychological context is the positive way in which we adapt to the adverse challenges we face in life. And that means it's more than bouncing back when knocked down, Or, as some people might see, just sort of gritting your teeth and getting through it. Resilience is the ability to accept and adapt to hardship and to start to build a reservoir of protective factors to counterbalance the risks that we might face when we are faced with adversity. Now, resilience building doesn't just apply to an individual. For an individual to be resilient, it also needs a structure, a resilient structure or framework around them. So resilience also applies in a different context to families, to relationships, to schools or educational establishments, to work and to communities. Now, if you just focus a little on resilience as applicable to an individual to start with, I'm sure you can think of many situations in life that we all commonly share that require resilience. These situations include points of transition or change. They include times of loss, as well as when we might be experiencing significant stress or hardship. And in these situations, we need to find resources within us and around us to get through. And on the most part, humans are enormously resilient and somehow we will all dig deep within that reservoir of abilities we have to try and get through. But it might well be that some of us have got a bigger pool of resources or might be able to access a bigger pool of resources than others. So first and foremost, how do we build this reservoir of good things in us? What's really important is to regularly think about all the types of self-care that you have to give yourself to look after your physical health. And that involves 
sleeping well, eating well, exercising regularly, resting often, having moments to have breaks when we are going through very stressful times, or if you have got um, physical health issues, then making sure that we uh, look after those physical health issues as best we can. It also means knowing those early signs of mental ill health. So recognising perhaps when our mood might be changing, when we might feel more tired than usual, perhaps when we know that something isn't working in the best way we can and to try and take early steps to make change. We also know that having lots of varied types of activity help us. It's true to say that resilience within ourselves applies a lot to the way in which we think. And that is to do with how you interpret a situation, because that will help to determine its outcome. If your perspective is negative, then it's likely that the outcome of your thinking will be negative. So some of the things that you can do, just try to incorporate some good positive thinking or flexible thinking within the way that you do that to build that reservoir of um, resilience would be to start to think a little bit about the goals that you want to achieve. Make them small and try and work towards achieving those one step at a time. Uh, resilience is all about trying to think ahead, but not trying to think too ahead just trying to manage things as and when they crop up. Often when we get terribly anxious, we tend to think in different and anxious ways. So one of those ways is to give ourselves a worst case scenario type thinking. So if you are a sort of a disaster scenario thinker, then try and dial down and think a little bit about what might be less disastrous. And in fact, it might be that you want to counterbalance the possibility of something disastrous happening alongside the possibility of something really positive happening because they both have the same probability. So an example of disaster thinking would be to, if somebody was late, to perhaps think, oh no, they've met with an accident. So that would be an example of anxious disaster thinking. And part of that dialing down then would be to think, well, um, it might well be that they're late because they're not very good at timekeeping. Or another element might be to say, well, actually, they're late because they had something else to do. They might have been called to stay a bit later in order to complete something. Try and think about the potential positives of a situation rather than only focusing on the negatives. We often have a negative bias in our thinking to do with dealing with only the negatives that crop up or letting one small negative overshadow a number of positives that might be there. And what is often helpful in terms of resilient thinking is to try and counterbalance focus on small elements and look instead at the big picture because big picture thinking helps people to move forward in a much more impactful way than getting stuck with all of the tiny details that we can then talk ourselves out of. It's really important 
when we think about resilience, to look after our emotional health. Our emotions are what often drives us. They're the things that make life either positive or negative in some way. So try and think a bit about what makes you feel and what feelings predominate. Start to listen to fears and to worries in yourself, in people around you, and think about hearing those fears and worries before you start to think about strategies to make change. It's really important to try and find ways to express those emotions and to then try and find ways to support those. And sometimes with experiences such as loss, for example, we also know that loss is an experience we have to go through. What we have to reassure ourselves with is that loss has a beginning, a middle, and somewhere uh, an end that will help us not to put things behind us or to forget what we've lost, but to adapt to what life might seem like without that loss that we have now experienced. So what else might come in that place? And finally, what is really important in terms of building our resilience is to focus on how we connect. So right from the start, our attachments, how we connect with other people, how easy it might be to draw upon close relationships um, and how we perhaps can raise our arms and ask for help is really important. Um, it's important to try and help balance online activity, alongside real-life face-to-face connections. They're different. They work in different ways. And to start to reflect on when either of those connections are affecting us negatively so that we can then start to take steps to protect us. And, of course, it's also helpful to think about the wider community and how we connect with them. Now, all of those different categories fall within a model that I've developed called Mind Your Five, and they focus on five areas that people can think about developing in themselves, in young people, um, in communities around, which practiced every day can really help to boost and build this reservoir of protective factors. But as I mentioned before, we cannot be resilient unless there is a resilient system around us. And if you think about that in terms of a family system, family resilience is a family's ability to function effectively, even in the face of hardship and challenge. It's something that might change over time, adapt with growing needs in a family and deferring needs, and it helps individuals within it to have an opportunity to bounce forward, to make change under change circumstances. There are many factors that help to build family resilience, and they, of course, include family coping styles, the skills that each individual has within the family, the challenge of the stresses that the family may have experienced, how each of those stresses may impact differently on each family member, 
and most significantly, how families communicate with each other and specifically around difficulties that everyone might be facing, but in different ways in that family situation. Crises can be better negotiated when they are viewed and dealt with as shared challenges together. So that old saying that a problem shared is a problem halved is absolutely true. Um, but it needs to be a problem shared. And if you are a parent or carer and you're starting to think a little bit about how you want to share that communication, it needs to be a shared purpose. So how to communicate, how to engage, how to leave open space for young people to feel safe to say whatever concerns them is going to be something helpful in building family resilience. It's also uh, important to talk about uh, the impact of difficulties such as loss, distress, and to start to process hope as people all together, because that will make people stronger. Other helpful things in terms of family resilience are some really basic things. So try and work on family routines. Routines really help people with safety. So keep family routines safe. If you're going through a difficult time, try and still keep up with family rituals and celebrations, even if you have to offer them in an altered format. Try and think about how you spend quality time together. It really isn't about quantity. It is about quality. It doesn't have to be expensive. Doing something together, having a chat, going for a walk, cooking something are all really helpful. Good teamwork arises from good family systems and how people work together. So if you can provide opportunities for the whole family to be involved as best as, ca as they can and to feel equally important in their contribution, then that's really helpful. And make sure that communication happens regularly and often. And that means listening more than speaking being open to hearing whatever might be difficult, really listening actively to what might be said, reflecting back what you think you've heard, and then being open to addressing whatever those fears, uncertainties, and difficult questions there might be. It's helpful to be mindful of language when you have these discussions. So it's always good to use hopeful language and to provide helpful information, to listen and make everyone feel they can be heard. However small the worry, try not to minimize fears and worries. Emotional processing is not very easy for many people, but permitting that emotional processing, letting each family member process what they're going through in their own way, in their own time, at their own pace, is going to be very helpful in boosting family resilience. And respecting these differences is also helpful. It's not always comfortable when people are at different places, but it's helpful to think about it as though you were all sharing in the reading of one book. It's just that different people are at different chapters in that book. And as long as you hold the family together with the same values, the same ideas and the same goals, you will all get there, whatever time that might be. And that 
brings me to my final point, which is the idea of having a common purpose. If you can all focus on a common purpose, this helps boost resilience in getting together to face whatever you face ahead of you, however hard it might be, in the best possible ways and to enjoy that process as best you can, however hard it is, because there is that common hope and purpose. Hope you found today's episode helpful. If you did, then please do leave us a great review wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like more information, you can find a wealth of resources on our website at stem4.org.uk. And you can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn at stem4.org. Links to our website and our five free apps designed specifically for young people can be found in podcast description. I hope you'll join us for our next episode. Until then, keep well. Goodbye. Goodbye.